0: somebody walked up behind me it Was like bro so how are you gonna say we can't get off the line of scrimmage you was a wide receiver i turn around as james jones you gonna sit there on tv and bash us i'm like damn how do i handle this, this the first time that a player is really coming at me, me like, yeah, like this, yeah calling me out. yeah 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 and as i i started to formulate my sentence i was like look man i just he's like ah, i'm just playing bro <laughs> <laughs>
2: What's up, everybody? We back. Another week,
3: R2C2. Man, this week, uh, it's like, uh, take your podcast co-host to work day. Right. Because you, <laughs> cause I am at uh, your place of employment for this week. See, you've been a, a regular on Good Morning Football on NFL Network. she has been kicking my ass,
2: guys. I can't even lie. Like, yeah. I got so much respect for these guys now.
3: Well, like, we get to chat with uh, who you've been doing the show with, Nate Burleson and Peter Schrager, who do a wonderful job uh, on their many different you know football media ventures. But... Uh, Have had to, um, you know, adapt to to being constantly around the greatest laugh in sports. All right, great. (laughs) See, he has a great laugh, doesn't he? So infectious. It is. It's unbelievable. Appreciate that, guys. It's like Santa Claus. (laughs) It is. Thank you, guys, for being on. What. What's it been like this week with this guy? How's it it been? It's it's been amazing, bro. Listen, I feel like for so long,
0: Ahmad Rashad was the only dude that successfully crossed over from one sport to another, and we didn't blink. We just kind of accepted it. Like, Ahmad Rashad is the man. He's talking about NBA, but he was a great receiver. But for a long time, we get caught up in putting labels on people, and it's like, all right, if you played a certain sport, you're talking about that sport for the rest of your life. Now, 2019, 2020, if you can wake up, articulate your words, and you're a fan of something, just be a fan of something and allow other people to enjoy your words, and CeCe has done that beautifully. Like, this week, you couldn't even, if you didn't know he was one of the greatest pitchers to ever play the game, you would have no idea, especially by his size. You'd be like, oh, dude, that's football. And like today, we have Brian Westbrook on the show, and CeCe's asking like the third question. <laughs> and The most difficult thing about having a guest that becomes a sit-in guest on our show and has to ask questions as a host is that awkward moment where they have to try to remember yeah, the what they're going to say not the interviewee Yeah, cuz <laughs> they don't know if they want to read it off the card read it off the prompter or try to go off memory and it comes to CC and he picks it up seamlessly right there's no like dead space and he goes all right, Brian. So
2: listen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, right out the gate, I'm like, all right, see. So hey. Brian was even looking at me like, come on, dog. Like, <laughs> and then he follows it up by, I have a two-part question. <laughs> I was like, oh, Okay. So he's like
0: Maury Safare for right. 60 minutes. <laughs> Brian Gumble over here.
2: Now, you know what's cool, though, is that I can really be a fan and these guys, like, I'm short on a lot of stuff. Obviously, I don't know, like, yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of information. So they just, like, pick it up. So it's like, it just lets me be a fan and like because I really watch this show, obviously, and it just lets me come in there and just and just have fun and, and really just feed off of them. Now, it was fun.
1: my whole deal is I'm like the insider or the reporter, and my phone is always lighting up, and Nate always laughs because we'll be talking about an NFL coach, and he'll be texting us while the segment's going on because he's watching. This whole week, which is kind of a downtime for football and yet a huge time for baseball considering what's going on with the Astros and yeah. all that, my phone has been lighting up with NFL executives, general managers, head coaches, and 99% of the commentary during the show is, damn, CeCe Sabathia is really good at this. (laughs) And and not in a, hey, he seems comfortable, like... His insight is good and his experience is it transcends sports. So I mean we've been just so honored and blessed to have CeCe here because the right attitude, first got here every morning and then lighten it up with that with that insight and smiles but also just being a great team player. So CeCe, thank you on behalf of all of us. here.
3: No problem. That's kind of cool that all the coaches and GMs watching you this nah, week, yeah, right? It's, man? it's weird, but it's yeah. fun though. Like who who would be the coach who you're like, "Oh man, I'm glad I'm glad he's he, he's watching." Do you have any like
2: uh, Andy Reid? Oh, Andy Reid, you guy? I don't know why I I'm a big Andy Reid fan. I Like that, yeah. You know, I know Tom Coughlin too. So that, yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. He, he, Tom Coughlin's, you know, I, Tom Coughlin, one of the oddest experiences I ever had in regard to Tom Coughlin. Like you, I just never took him as a guy who listened to like talk radio okay you know like he he just always feels like a no bs kind of yep, guy right? right like he's not getting watching war documentaries yeah, exactly that. right right, right. <laughs> he's li- reading books yeah so. exactly <laughs> <documentaries> <laughs> <are> books. he's <laughs> listening to patent audio tapes on his way to the stadium <laughs> right like but he we uh robin lumberg and i used to host a show at 5 a.m and we were moving to 10 a.m and as part of it we were trying to get some big guests so like tom coughlin the giants gave us for our 10 a.m and he comes on and he's like I'm actually upset you guys are moving. I listen to you at 5 a.m. every morning on my drive wow. to the stadium. Like Ryan, I like your taste in music better than Robin's. I'm like, what the heck, Tom Coughlin? Like, Blue no. Man. So Tom Coughlin likes Eminem. M&M yeah, exactly. No yeah, 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 He did. He did. Yeah, apparently he did. Basically, you start the only, about all the
1: things yeah. you've been saying over the. Right, years, right? right, exactly. Yeah. Wait. Oh, so shit. when Plexico oh, did saying. that, what was my commentary? Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you know what? That's interesting, actually, because one of the things, like, just because we all have different sort of paths to media right and different roles now in media you know Nate you're a great wide receiver Peter you've been a reporter for a really long time now you're on a daily show right CC you've been a you know you're going to the hall of fame as a pitcher now you're getting now you're into media right like now this is, and and me this is you know what I always wanted to do and, and I used those shows and now I do you know mostly play-by-play but like do you have Nate I'll start with you do you have like kind of a policy on like how you approach when you are going to be critical of a guy and and maybe even you know somebody who you have a relationship with because you know there are times where you're going to have to when I say be critical I don't mean bash yeah but you know be honestly critical about it like do you have kind of a policy in mind for how you approach that
0: I left the game in 2014 and I was just like every other player when I first started um, I was complimenting everybody and as soon as there was a moment for me to to kind of slide in and be critical I would lay out because I thought to myself, I don't want a coach or a player to get mad at me. I'm part of this fraternity, it's a brotherhood and I don't want them to discard me and, and look at me as the other, not even as the media but just the other guy that is 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 still trying to bash these guys. Um, but then one of my mentors said, you gotta say something, dude. This was like uh, six months into my career on the West Coast when mm-hmm. I was working in Culver City. So you gotta say something. You're not saying anything. Everything you say starts with, um, if, and I I, I think, and I hope, maybe and and maybe, (laughs) arguably, you know, all the words that people hate, and then when it comes to just having a moment of not bashing but being critical, you always lay out, and you do the opposite. He said, that gets old really quickly. So I I made the change in how I approached it, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna just start being honest. I called it being honest instead of being um, a guy that's tearing down individuals. And I remember one specific uh, situation that happened where Aaron Rodgers, Um, the offense wasn't moving, and James Jones was on that offense, and they were a little older at wide receiver position. I believe Jordy Nelson was banged up, and I said, listen, teams are coming in, and they're harassing the wide receivers at the line of scrimmage. Um, They're being very physical. So when Aaron Rodgers drops back, that first glance, guys are draped, so he can't get the ball out to them. The wide receivers have to get off the ball. If they don't get off the ball, then this offense isn't going to get where they need to go. They'll be on the outside looking in the playoffs. And I said that a few times over, and then other people started picking it up, and and then other football heads started noticing what I noticed – and I was calling a game, and it was the Green Bay Packers in Detroit, and I was at the hotel checking in, and somebody walked up behind me. Is was like, bro, so how are you going to say we can't get off the line of scrimmage? You was a wide receiver. I turned around, it's James Jones, and he's like, man, all these years of you knowing how hard it is to get off the line of scrimmage, especially at my, day, my age, you're going to sit there on TV and bash us? And Literally just a, a blank face. I'm like, damn, how do I handle this? this the first time that a player has really come at me like nice. this. Yeah, calling yeah. me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as I I started to formulate my sentence, I was like, look, man, I just, he's like, ah, I'm just playing, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, he was like you're, you're, you're being real. He's like, we can't get off the line of scrimmage. He said, we gotta work on our release moves. And at my age, this is not one of the things that I do best, and these young guys, they don't have enough experience. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, cool. We had a laugh, a hug, dapped him up. I said, but seriously, how am I handling being on TV? He said you're good, man. He said you have the right amount of critical. And mm. that's my advice I can give to everybody. Just have the right amount of critical.
1: There's a there's one that happened in this past offseason before Antonio Brown had all these issues with the law and everything like this. He called out Juju Smith Schuster on Twitter. And Nate came out with one of the most, I don't know, just candid takes. Nate was like, That's lame. And it was like the symbol, like, that's lame. Like, why are you calling out Juju? And I looked at Nate and I'm like, that's pretty strong. And then people ran with it. And it was like Nate Burleson calls Antonio Brown lame. But Nate's point was, I don't like how you're talking about the young fella. I don't like talking about a teammate. And I think anyone to a man would say to Nate, okay, well, that's honest and that's real. And yeah, maybe you're taking on Antonio Brown and calling him lame but you stood behind it yeah. and and that
2: was a real I remember watching that segment and it was so real as a fan it's like Juju reached out to him on DM when he was at USC wanted to be a part of it like it was really fucking lame for him to do that it was so like it it wasn't a problem him saying that because I remember watching that more and I was like Nate's right Yeah, you know what I'm saying and and to
0: the point it's like I'm not calling him lame I'm just saying that move That move was lame and what you did was lame and like as a player I can get on TV and I can call out a specific play and be like yo you messed up like that was Bad or something you did in the offseason. I remember Geno Smith. You know, he had a whole bunch of stuff going on while he was in New York. You know, he got punched in the jaw in a locker room. He's the butt of all jokes, and everybody attacked him. And I remember seeing. We were out together that night. We were out together tonight, lit. Shout out to Tao. Shout out to Tao. (laughs) Summer of 2017. (laughs) That night started early and ended late. And Gino came out with us, and I'm literally just like, being honest, I'm fucked up. Like, I'm drunk. Yeah. But I was like, I sobered up really quickly because I saw him and I got excited when I see players like seeing a brother. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, Gino, Gino, I got to talk to you for a second, man. I'm like, come here. And you know, I'm doing that like drunk conversation in the club where you're kind of yelling, but you're hoping he's reading your lips. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Because yeah. it's too loud. And you're, so
3: close. you're so close. So, so close. close. <laughs> so close. <laughs> Almost kissing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, hey, yo,
0: Gino, like, be honest with me. When all that went down, that locker room drama, how did I handle it? I don't care about how everybody else talked about it. How did I handle it? He said, Nate, he said, you, you handled it the right way because... You had a joke, but you didn't make me the joke. Mm. And he said, um, as far as on the field, when I threw picks, you were hard on me. Yeah. He said, but when I lit it up, you gave me love. Mm. And I was like, that's the biggest compliment I can get. And you know what's crazy? Players listen.
2: They, li- Every, they act like they don't. Everybody says, oh, I don't watch that shit. Yeah, the fuck you do. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I've been a player and I know, like, yeah. you listen to what people say about you, or whether good or bad. Yeah. Because you, know yeah, yeah. you know how you feel about, like, you know, sometimes you, you sometimes when I'm going bad I don't I I don't watch that shit because I know how bad it is. Yeah. But when I'm going good, you know yeah. what I'm saying? You're tasting yourself and then you have a bad little spill, you I mean, it, it's it's hard not to No, well, we had a thing today. You know what I'm saying? Jameis
1: Winston gets LASIK eye surgery yeah. and the jokes on Twitter are everywhere. So now we gotta talk about it on the show. And how do you do it respectfully, but how do you also entertain the audience who's waiting for a punchline from you? And I thought both of you guys handled it very respectfully, and I had to kinda of sit up there and be like, Well, I know there's a lot of jokes online, but in all seriousness, like but that's part of the job because, you know, Jameis might, might be watching and his feelings might genuinely be hurt yeah. by people mocking him and mocking his career and saying, oh, he needs LASIK eye surgery. And now he's got 30-30 vision and da-da-da-da-da. But I thought you guys handled it well, but that's the balancing act.
3: Yeah. It, you know, it's um, – I think for me when I think about this, like the number one key – is that it doesn't move too fast for you, right? Because ever my approach is everything I say, I want to be something I truly believe, right? And when the when it moves fast for you and you're just trying to like speak, and when you're starting out, you know, depending on where you're at in your career and your personality and all that, it can move swing. fast. Yeah. yeah. And and like you that's when you end up saying something you don't actually believe, or mm-hmm. embellishing or piling on or, or being more critical than you want to. I feel like once it slows down, it's a little bit easier for you to be authentic and only actually express things you believe and then you can be honest but also a little more calculated in how you are critical Mike Breen when I was in college Mike Breen obviously voiced the NBA voiced the Knicks yeah I went to Florida Bang. yeah you got <laughs> it baby you got it he's amazing by the way as amazing of a play-by-play guy is he's also like great dude amazing Never dude met him, yeah. he's That's awesome. Also, he's really funny too like yeah he, he used to be on Imus as oh, yeah. like he was the, a, you know and sports he was guy. like He was unbelievably hilarious, and then he realized he probably needed to disassociate to (laughs) to continue his NBA play-by-play growth, right, which was a smart move. But he, I mean, he's the greatest dude, and he just used to say, I have a rule. I will only say something on the air that I would say to the player's face. Great. Mm. And that is the rule I try to say. Now, if I am just always waxing poetic, I lose my credibility. So now you don't want that as the athlete because now my kind words about you don't mean anything. Yeah, you but know? see,
2: like me, I'll say anything to somebody's face. So I don't give a fuck. Well, you good. That's, that's your saying? policy then. <laughs> you fucking CC yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. As far as baseball yeah. goes, like as yeah. football, I'm a fan. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it is what it is. But, but, like, but I that's think, okay I think, I think everybody that's that knows okay. me and all my friends that yeah. know me, they like, yeah, it is what it is. Right. Like you can either
3: handle it or you can't. Man, yeah. I know because when I follow your personal Instagram, I'm thinking, he's saying this, <laughs> but does he have anybody who's following him who might not like I this right now? Fuck, and, and I'm like, CC doesn't care, you, you know? know but care. that's you know that's that's your reality, right? Like you will actually say that to the person's face, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it's like, it's just like, you know, it it depends if you're local or you're national, yeah. right? Like when I do a Yankee or a neck game, I'm not gonna be as critical of Yankees and of Nets course. as I would if I'm doing a national game, right? In that moment. But I'm still going to be honest. So if CC's struggling, I may say today's been a struggle for CC. Yeah, He's has. laboring. Temporary. Exactly. Yeah, right. He's been laboring through 5 innings, right? right? But if I'm on a national broadcast, maybe I feel a little more comfortable saying today has really been a struggle, you mm, know, right. for CC or whatever. But no matter what, I'm not going to say whether it's national or local. CeCe's been a disaster today. This is no, he's a bum. He's a bum. No, that's not like that's you trying to make you the story, right?
1: So, for me, I learned it uh, from an NFL head coach, and Nate remembers this story well, but it was probably like 2017, Cam Newton refused to wear a tie to a game in Seattle and Ron Rivera benched him for the first series of the game and on the very first pass, Derek Anderson, is backup, throws a pick six and that was all she wrote. I remember Seattle, that. Seattle yeah. blows out Carolina. I come on Monday morning and this is our show is brand new. I've always been a reporter, kind of just reporting the news but no opinion and I said, well that tells me all I need to know about the relationship between Cam Newton and Ron Rivera. If Cam Newton respected Ron Rivera, he would have worn that tie and if Ron Rivera had the respect of the team, they would have told Cam Newton dude wear the tie Ron Rivera's lost the Panthers sure enough I also Ryan like you I've got to do sideline work where it's a different hat different role Mm -hmm. and suddenly I'm giving injury reports and my very next game is Atlanta Falcons Carolina Panthers which means on Friday morning I'm going to be in the facility face-to-face face-to-face with Ron Rivera and I get a heads up from their PR guy Steven Drummond and says hey I know you don't think anything of it and anything, but like Ron, Ron's not thrilled with what you said. And in the future you've got to address it. I go, okay, well let's do a man to man thing. I go in and I come in hat in hand and I just start the conversation and I'm like, Hey man, I'm sorry. I apologize. It's what I thought. It doesn't come from anything that other than my gut instinct and I'm still fr-. And he cuts me off and he says, listen, he goes, he goes, I was going to fuck with you. I was going to give you the right act, whole thing, but I could tell you that you're genuinely upset. But say he says, Just if you're going to talk about something that's going on in our locker room and you have all the sources and you have all the contacts, hit me up first. Mm. Hit me up first. Just give me a heads up and I will maybe explain it for you or hit Cam up or something. But don't be one of these guys on TV that just pops off for the sake of it because you look stupid. I'm not even insulted. You look stupid when you say that Mm. because I haven't lost this locker room. These are my guys. These guys will bleed for me and I'll bleed for them and all things. But whatever happened between me and Cam and I was like... Wow, what a good life lesson. But also, you've got to deal with it. You've got to deal with it. We have to see these people. There are a lot of yes. people on TV yeah, yeah. that do not that work in Bristol in a in a closed off setting or work on NFL network or work on Fox and they go to the studio and then they go home and they check their Instagram or Twitter and they're all right, whatever. But we have to actually deal with this. There's guys people. that
2: go in the locker room, you have to have more respect. And you can tell the people that go in the locker rooms and the people that don't because th- we're having this conversation cuz we're in locker rooms and the people that don't don't have this conversation they run radio shows and do different shit and say whatever the fuck they want yeah uh, that is what it is it's a,
0: it's a lonely existence man like to 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 live that type of life whether you're writing it in the local media or you're working on a national scale I'll share a quick story I remember yeah. in 2004 we're playing the wild card game Minnesota Vikings versus the Green Bay Packers they beat us twice that year by three points we go there and we're facing Brett Favre in the playoffs first game we come out and that was the game where Randy Moss at, simulated the moon and did oh, all that yeah, yeah we beat the brakes off the Packers beat the brakes off them it really wasn't a game had control the whole time and we're celebrating we're in the locker room and I'm I scored a touchdown Randy scored a touchdown It was like a one of my big boy moments I'm sitting next to Randy in a playoff game and Everybody was just uh, jubilant, and uh, the reporters started to crowd around Randy because they want to talk to Randy. want to talk about the game, the win, and also the celebration. And as he's slowly getting undressed because he would, like, milk it and make sure they had to wait and shut up and just watch him. And I was always fascinated by the dynamic and how he talked to the media and how they responded to him. And as he's getting undressed and he gives the, like, all right, come on. They all take, like, three steps closer. He points out one guy. He's like, hey you're from uh, the local media in Minnesota, right? And this guy's like, yeah. And then he's like, "You, um, you write about the team all season, right? And the guy's like, kinda like, yeah, that's me, yeah. He was like, I seen everything that you wrote. He said, you don't think we pay attention? You've been dogging us all year. Now you want to come in here with a smile on your face and act like you've been riding for us? No, you have been riding for us. Don't step up here in front of my face and act like you haven't been dogging me out personally and also as an athlete. He's like, don't ever ask me a question the rest of my career. I will never talk to you. <laughs> and in this moment, <laughs> you seen like all of these reporters literally like take steps away just from shrink. him. It might as well have been like a spotlight on him, like a movie, and him just gets smaller and smaller. And I remember I was so uncomfortable. It's the first time I've ever seen a player talk to a member of the media. And mind you, 22-year-old Nate, I don't know any better than to treat the media like gold. And I think, because I'm naive, every person that's in your locker room is your friend. Mm -hmm. And Randy taught me a great lesson right there that one, not every dude that's gonna shove a microphone, or every woman that's gonna shove a microphone in front of your face after a game has your back and pay attention to what these people say about you. Because if you don't know how they feel about you, then they can always fool you when they're face to face with you. And that guy just like shrunk in the moment and walked away. Yeah. And everybody else came, Randy put a smile on his face, and I thought, like, damn, that was my second year in the league. Mm. And from then on, I understood it, I got it. And I, 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 I knew how to handle the media, and I knew how to handle that relationship.
2: It's insane how good Randy Moss is now
3: on TV, right? Yeah, like yeah. after like because he wasn't
2: perceived as that guy. Hell, no, he wasn't, and now he's like
3: he's the best. He's one of the best on TV. It's great, hey, Nate. What uh, what was he like as a teammate? Like, well, what because I was just thinking that too. I was like, I never would have pictured Randy yeah. Moss yeah. as a dude who's on NFL Countdown, right? Then, yeah. how many years later? Well, and obviously, there's there was a lot yeah. with Randy okay. during those days. But I, what was it like being you know playing with him?
0: I was drafted in 03. This was the height of. I would say Randy Moss's Minnesota Vikings popularity. It was very polarizing. Everything he did on the field was, uh, like he was a creative player in Madden. He was the fastest. He could jump the highest. He was smooth in the air, but also he had like incidents. I remember he like bumped a traffic yeah. cop with his car, basically like nudged her like get out the way, and she flopped like Vladdy Divak. And then he was like, "You're you're an animal. You try to run a woman over," <laughs> which wasn't the case. Yeah. And then he had that incident, and yeah. he was asked about it, and he said, "Well, shoot, I'm gonna pay straight cash, homie." Yeah. And then I something else they said <laughs> that I never really got out to the media, but it was in the local media that they always have on camera some out there and he's like Next time I might just take my and shake it on you. You know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? Like so uh th- that was Randy Moss. And yeah. people thought he was very, very talented, yeah. but he was disruptive and was a cancer. Yeah. And that's why they ended up trading him. Before they traded him to the Oakland Raiders, I remember sitting in a car with them. We were headed to Rochester, Minnesota, which is like an hour and a half away from Eden Prairie where our facility was. I used to go to a few local signings, you know, get me a thousand dollars or so. And this was like my first big signing. It was like I was making like 2500 bucks, and I get in the limo and Randy. Was in there. Randy didn't do these things, but he was getting paid a lot more. So it's an hour and a half drive. I'm chilling with Randy Moss. So in my head, I'm like, don't mess this up. Don't mess this up. Don't say nothing stupid. Don't mess (laughs) this up. So there's like a little bit of drink in there. We're drinking, relaxing. And I don't say anything. I literally just shut up. He's having side conversations with the guy who organized it. And then out of nowhere, he just starts talking. He starts talking about how he has a bubble around him and how people think he's closed off and guarded. he's like, you know why though? It's Because the closest people have done me dirty. Mm. Talking family members, man, that have stolen from me. I'm talking relatives that have uh, come and sat in my house and have walked away with stuff that wasn't their property. People try to ask me for money. People trying to steal money from me. He's like, so every person I trusted dating back to when I was younger in some form or fashion has screwed me over or at least tried to. Mm. So now the easiest thing is to create a bubble that way you can't even get close to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm paraphrasing of course, but it was crazy because you know how you're a teammate and when somebody says something about your teammate and you read it and you hear it over and over again, it's not that you think that but you start to like see like sense in it. They start you they you start to you they start I mean? convincing you a little yes, bit. So yes. as I'm talking to Randy, I'm listening to him like Bro, I get you 100% now. Like, there is nothing about Randy Moss that I don't understand. So, when I would meet people and they're like, yo, Randy Moss, Randy Moss was an asshole, right? Like, Randy Moss was a bad teammate, right? Randy Moss was selfish, right? I'm like, nah, on the contrary, like, he was good to everybody that was in the family. He was good to everybody that was in the organization. It was just the people that did him wrong. And if you misjudge Randy out the gate, he wasn't going to stop you, mm. he would let you like you know we're in a world where like people want to prove what they are. No no no, I'm a good dude. No no no, no no. Don't worry about my past. Don't worry about the papers. I'm I'm a nice guy. Randy was like, "All right, cool. If you think you know who I am, I'm gonna let you believe that. I'm just not gonna rock with you." Mm-hmm. So Randy was amazing, man. There's he, power in that though. Yeah, there's power you know in that. What I'm there's like, leverage in that. Yeah. And and Randy Moss did that and he was he was good to me, man. He he taught me how to be a pro. He um he he didn't he didn't like right away involve all the rookies. Like when you come in, Certain vets like they keep their distance. And not in a way that he didn't help me, but he was just like, I want to see which one of these dudes are actually going to commit. Mm. Like it was like a it was like six or seven months after I got drafted where Randy Moss had a real conversation with me. Is that right? And I realized that he wanted to see if I loved the game as much as him, I worked as hard as him, and I was committed to, to the game. People don't understand, Randy loved the game. Yeah, He would walk away from a meeting and be like, yo, I gotta go get massage treatment, I have to go to my chiropractor, and then I have to go get these muscles dug in. I have to go basically get a three hour t- treatment after practice because I wanna be ready for game day. And I remember the moment where we became cool going into my second year, he basically was telling me like, I seen you work, I understand that you're here for the right reasons. I'm out to give you these gems that are going to last a lifetime. And he said – and, and I, I remember asking him, like, why don't you really get, like, attached to guys? Like, why, do, why don't – you like, you kind of guard it. He said, because the league will get rid of guys so quickly. So if I invest in somebody's friendship and that guy either tricks off his career because he's an idiot or the league cuts somebody, then that's just another life loss. I'm not going to get that
3: invested in a dude. And it made sense. Right? Wow, that's an interesting perspective, too, from Randy. Like, you, it's funny because – you almost would think like, nah, he's just like kinda standoffish or whatever. You don't realize there's like a method to it until yeah. you, you can I give hear a Randy your, Moss. Story? I would love so that. I
1: worked I worked at Fox Sports with Randy. Before he did ESPN countdown, he was on Fox Sports NFL kickoff with us. It was Erlacher, Randy Moss, myself, Champ Bailey, and I think Joel Klatt, who now does college football, was our host. And um we would do the show on Sunday and then just before Good Morning Football, we would stay in LA and Monday. And on Mondays we would do a show. Like the preview show before Monday Night Football and then we would do the wrap up show. So we would do a show around like three o'clock Pacific and then we'd be back in the studio by like seven o'clock and every week Randy would disappear at three o'clock and come back at the end while the rest of us would get dinner would hang out and everything. And one time, Randy was like, Shrek, do you want to come with me on a ride? And I'm like, I, uh, sure, I'll go with Randy Moss on a ride. <laughs> like, yeah, hey, let's go. What do you mean? <laughs> exactly. So as we're getting out, he sat there, and like the security guard, whose name I don't recall right now, but an older gentleman, probably 60 years old, comes there, and Randy goes, you good? He goes, yeah, he goes, all right, come on, let's go. And he gets in the car with us, and I'm like, why is the security guard getting in the car with us? What is going on now? And we drive, and we drive, and we drive, and Randy's driving a rental car, and I'm in the... Driver in the passenger seat, and this guy's in the back, and we're just talking life like this guy was from Philly. Randy's talking to him, but they're talking like they are best friends. So I'm like, What is going on here? Then we go through, and Randy looks at me, he's like, We're in Crenshaw right now. Do you know Crenshaw Shrek? I'm like, I know, obviously, I know about it, but I've never been here, or whatever. And we're driving, and then we're in East LA, and all of a sudden we drop off literally 90 minutes from the studio in LA. And he stops at this house, and he drops off the guy, and they dab each other up, and then we get back in, and he's like, All right, we'll get some food, then we'll drive back to the studio. I go, What was that? He goes, Oh, uh, you know, he takes the bus home every day for two hours. So on Mondays when I'm still here, I like to give him a ride back in a car.
3: Wow. And I'm man. like,
1: what? And he's like, yeah, I asked him the first day I drove by the, I drove out of the studio and I saw him waiting at the bus stop. And I was like, no, nah, I can't have that. This man works all day and he's got a family. Like I'm going to drive him back. So I'm like, you never told anyone that you don't do it. You know? he's like, no, and don't tell anyone that. And he I, hates that he didn't. And he would probably, he would roll his eyes at me right now. like, ah, oh, you told that, but it's 10 years removed, whatever but he said every Monday without anyone knowing, everyone thought he was dipping out to who knows what in his hotel room and, and then you know not be with us and do his own thing and be a loner. He was driving a gentleman who takes the bus to and from work back by car so he could have a friend and can drive him back all the way out in East LA and then he would come back and do the show. And I was like, holy shit, did I misjudge you? And not, <laughs> and not like in a bad way. I just assumed that you were doing what anyone was doing. You're just getting, you know, you're getting away, but... That was Randy, and he was like, "Do not tell a soul." He, he was, did not want that out there.
0: On Tuesdays, when guys would go do uh, charitable causes, he would go out there and do all this stuff in the community. And when guys wanted to make sure the news cameras were there at their events, Randy never told a soul. And I remember talking to him about that, like, "Yo, like, man, people are really dogging you, bro. Like, we should should just tell people like what you do. Like, every t- Tuesday, you're changing lives." And he's like, "Nah, I don't need to. I don't need to get the the limelight for that." And I just thought that was, like, powerful because, like, most guys in the league, you know how it is. Yeah. Like, you're calling every outlet there is because you want to look like a a superstar. Did you see what I
3: did today? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Those are fantastic Randy stories. You know, when I think about, too, like, just I'm 33. In my life, like, the athletes who – you just like wow this is a different level of talent than i'm used to or have seen he's one of those he's like at the you know in the top 5 in my life that like when you watch him for the first time you're like whoa that guy is just different man like i remember watching his game against the cowboys yep. where he had the three touchdowns yeah. and it was like yeah thanksgiving the breakout game and you're just like When he went down the sideline and you think for sure he's going out of bounds and all of a sudden he just turns on the burners and you're like, what? And playing Madden with him. You remember what that was like? Dreamcast.
2: Dreamcast. 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 When you can like boost him up. He was unstoppable. Unstoppable. Oh, my gosh. He was unstoppable.
3: Breaking news. After more than 18 months of research and development, the Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the greatest down there hair trimmer ever created. It is. This new trimmer was just released and we are the first to confirm the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 Manscaping trimmer is now available for purchase. We got to try it out. Yes, and C clearly is very thrilled with the results. I love it. <laughs> this third-generation <laughs> manscape trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. N- nobody wants an accident <laughs> down there. Nobody
2: wants an accident down there, guys.
3: Millions of assets are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. If you use the Lawnmower 2.0, it's an easy transition because it's the same replacement blade with a new and improved skin safe technology. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer... Well, you trip. got 90 <laughs> minutes! <laughs> one of the coolest new features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud, because this intelligently designed stand is a rapid charging dock powered by usb if you're listening to me speak right now you're one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product and i want you to experience it firsthand for yourself preferably for fewer than 90 minutes please don't let it take you 90 <laughs> minutes <if it's laughs> trim that area of yours get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code r2c2 at manscaped.com by the way, I've had so many people reach out, so happy with the product. Like, oh it, yeah, and no. now this is like a next level of it. But yeah, people a lot more have, 3.0. Right, you got you, you. There you go. CC knows, and now you can too. That's twenty percent off and free shipping at Manscaped.com with the code R2C2. And as always, your area will thank you. Speaking of like ridiculously talented players, is Patrick Mahomes, I'll start with you, Peter. Is he the most talented football player you've ever seen? Yes.
1: Yes. I had a chance to uh, do sidelines for the week three game against the 49ers a year ago so this is before the MVP season really took off, but it's Chiefs 49ers and Andy Reid, who I've known forever, pulls me into his uh, his office, the coach's office. And it almost looked like uh, John Nash in A Beautiful Mind, like with Russell Crowe, with all these crazy play designs, all his <laughs> diagrams. And he looked at me and said, you know how hard this guy can throw. You know how fast he is. You know how amazing his arm is. What you don't know and what you will learn over the next course of the rest of the season and moving forward is that he's got a photographic memory. So you can give him any play, he looks at it once, he remembers it, and then he can just regurgitate it. He goes, I had Michael Vick, I had Donovan McNabb, I had Alex Smith, no one has the capacity to retain and regurgitate information intellectually in a football sense like this kid. And it's amazing that he was not one of these players that was handed a football at the crib and said, you will be a quarterback. He played three sports, he had other interests, played baseball as dad was a baseball player, played basketball at a high level, was an all county basketball player in Texas and just happens to be an intellectual savant paired with all the athletic ability. So I respect the hell to Tom Brady. I think Lamar Jackson does amazing things. This kid can throw 80 yards, has the greatest demeanor out there, but also retains every single play in the playbook, and is almost like a computer out there. So I've never seen anything like it, and I've been... So overwhelmed with what a great, humble kid he is. He's the perfect ambassador for the sport. Yeah. That's
3: that's an awesome, awesome uh, story, too, from Reed. Just giving that perspective, man. The
1: most talented quarterback ever? I'm going to say no.
0: Okay. You mentioned Michael Vick. I feel like Michael Vick was the most gifted quarterback to ever touch the field. He was as fast as anybody. We're talking 4-2 speed. And if you talk to people that watched him play, they would always say the way he threw the ball was effortless. So he could throw it. 80 yards. I mean, the commercial was that he, 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 he you remember the commercial where he threw it over the stadium? And then they had a Michael Vick experience where the guy was like, ah, speaking of Madden
3: cheat codes, Madden Madden. cheat code. Exactly.
0: He was a 99 in Madden. Um, But the reason I bring up Michael Vick and it's perfect when talking about Pat Mahomes, if somebody were to say, all right, I'll give you Michael Vick. With great study habits. Cause even Michael Vick will tell you, bro, the tapes set in my trunk. Like they had dust on them. Like if I can go back, I would actually like been a student of the game. It would have made me better. So take Michael Vick, you make him a student of the game, turn him into a right-handed thrower, and then you stretch his ass out three or four inches. That's Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes. Mm-hmm. So that's the crazy part. Now, of course, Pat Mahomes isn't as fast as Michael Vick, but if you look at Pat Mahomes' size and the way that he's built. He is surprisingly fast. Like, this dude could run with the best of them. The fact that he's so intelligent and as crazy of throws that he can make, he doesn't make a lot of bad throws. I remember one summer, a couple of seasons ago, before he started for the first time, he had like a lot of interceptions in one practice. We came on the show because there's nothing to talk about in the offseason. We're like, <laughs> yeah. man, uh, well, listen, if, you know, uh, Pat Mahomes, he threw a lot of picks. Are they going to miss Alex Smith? They're going to miss him. They traded Alex Smith to Washington, and we had this whole show about maybe he's not ready and he was drafted too soon. And I remember Andy Reid coming out, and he just quickly responded to it, and that was that he said, well, we got to see what he can do. Like We got to see what throws he can actually throw. And I bet you it was one of those practices where Andy was like, Pat, let it fly. Yeah, push it. And at that point, you understand what you can do and what you can't can't. do. And what he did in that first year on the field, it was his second season in the NFL, he proved that he can do everything that traditional quarterbacks do. He can do everything that Tom Brady can do. Drop back seven yards, hit every single route on the route tree. And then he proved that he can do things that we haven't even seen before. With traffic coming, the plex, the the pocket collapsing, he throws a no-look pass over the middle against the Baltimore Ravens. They had one of the best defenses that year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then not to mention he can use his legs like everybody else. And then you add in the nugget that Peter's talking about that he has the retention to remember anything. Like this dude is just getting started. And if you think about some of the games that he lost, Kyle Brandt, was one of our beautiful minds on the show, said – Pat Mahomes has played in two, he's played two years of football. He's played 37 games. 37 37 games. He's never lost a game by more than seven points. Wow. We see teams Damn. get smoked that all the time. That is ridiculous, man. That's ridiculous. Tom Brady got smoked this year. Russell wasn't. Name a team that didn't get smoked that get this year. Don't right. Yeah. Bro, that's true. that's, a, yeah. Great point, that's, that's yeah. a great point, man. That's a
3: great point. You know, you brought up the thing about playing all the sports. That's something to see is they so passionate about. I'm huge about. on
2: that. And I honestly think that's why he can recall shit because of, you know, you playing the other sports and different things. And your mind works different when you got to make pitches. He's a pitcher. So he has to recall, like, what the guy did the last time and all all of that shit and mm. try to make pitches and I got him out here this last time and I got you know I got to get him out of the way this time I'm sure his dad talked to him about being on the mound even and going, ball placement right when yeah, delivering 1000% and that all goes into remembering plays and having photographic memory and, and you know like having mumble, uh, muscle memory and knowing you know, doing jump passes and no-look passes and shit. Yeah. That shit comes from basketball. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it, it all go, plays together. I think you just see the ultimate athlete I, in him, and it's just, it just so happened to be the, the Super Bowl MVP. I'm boys
1: with Kingsbury, who's now the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, but was the guy who recruited and got Patrick Mahomes. And the second Mahomes got to Texas Tech, Kingsbury would tell the world, like, this is the greatest quarterback you'll ever see. Kingsbury says that in practice they would fuck around at Texas tech and he would literally throw behind the back passes just to see if he could do it and complete them on routes like 16 yard out. He's going to throw behind the back and get you like, he's got this whole arsenal. The fact he doesn't go to that stuff so often tells you how mature and how developed he is that he's like, all right, now's not the time, but I've got it if I need it. It's almost like Vince Carter. Yeah. Doesn't need to do the crazy dunk, but if it gets in the open court, like I'll show you just to show you, I got that showmanship in me too.
3: Like I can actually do it. It's amazing. And you know what? Like, we talked about it the other day too. See, it's also you know you talk about the mental part. I also think just actual physical development. When you're playing a variety of sports, yeah. your full body develops better than if you're if you're doing the same thing over and over and over and over yeah. again. Obviously, the the easiest example of that is a pitcher, right? Right. If you're only pitching you know, it, that might break down, you know? Even like in baseball,
2: though. I mean, just only playing baseball, only swinging a bat. Like, yeah. I mean, eventually, like, your back's going to go out. Rotation, yeah. like, all that shit. Like, you can only do it for so long, man. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, like, when speaking about three-sport athletes and, and guys being a
0: certain type of individual before they make professional sports. Like, Jay-Z said, what he say? He said, uh, you know, I walk like a ball player. No matter who you are, you all, what you all player. Yeah. Like, you look at George Kittle. Like, he's a big WWE guy. Mm-hmm. It spills out. Yeah. on the field like he has, he's this character now we all love it yeah. and it also—it it almost makes him a better football player it's a character it's a character, it's a character yeah. but it spills out on the but field dude,
2: it even makes guys scared to tackle him because they know he's crazy as yeah. hell yeah. Yeah. Just trying to run your ass over <laughs> and
0: then with Pat Mahomes like you'll see like Glimpses of all these other sports and just the subtleties in his play, whether it's a pass that he's throwing and like the freeze frame looks like a pitcher throwing we a. We say
1: pitch. it looks like Jason Williams from the Kings. Yeah, like mm-hmm. or like, like he'll even like
0: yeah. he'll even do like he'll, he'll literally show you three different sports. He's playing football. He'll throw like a, he'll throw a, a pass like a pitcher, and then he'll he'll shoot a jumper while he's celebrating. Like that right there is basically telling all the kids in the world, hey, listen, do as much as you can. Don't put all your eggs in one basket, and then once you need to choose. You choose and pick a lane, but don't pick a lane at nine years old. That's the worst thing you That's can the do. Worst thing oh you do. Oh,
3: my gosh. Yeah. No, no, no. I it, and, it, and it happens, I feel like, more and more. Hopefully. And it's the parents. Yes. It's the hundred percent. A hundred percent. Hopefully, when credentialed people like yourselves are, you know, with a platform who are saying, like, look what I did in my career. Trust me. You shouldn't be going to one sport right away. Hopefully, at some point, it sinks into the parents' minds, the value. No, nah, I don't think so. Yeah. so no. I think
2: it's, it's going even further the other
3: way. These guys have a yeah. different...
1: I got a young one, but these yeah. guys have teenage sons. I got to ask you, like... It, what do you see in the Jersey Dad scene? Is it the, the lacrosse Dad, the hockey Dad, and it's just my son's going to be the next great thing?
2: Yeah, that's what it is. It's, that's what I said. It's just going crazy the other way, and and a little bit is the coaches too. But
3: are you hearing this stuff at games too? When you're at games, are you hearing parents talk? Well, like I just this? He, I
2: just always people always ask me, uh, is little T going to play baseball? Because all they see him play, play is basketball. Yeah, and I'm like, yes, he fucking plays baseball too. Like, yeah, we're yeah. playing. He's playing basketball like to have fun. It's and, winter. Yeah, 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 yeah it's yeah, winter time. Yeah. Would you want to go f- swing a fucking Bat in the cage for fucking right. three months? Yeah, yeah. No, go shoot baskets. Yeah, go but have many, fun on the court. How many like,
0: coaches have approached you and wanted him to focus on one sport year round? Yeah. And it all, happens all the time, yeah, right? All the time. I'm sure baseball coach was like, well, you know what, Cece, you listen, your son should play baseball year round. It's like,
2: <laughs> nah, man, I want him to be a well rounded athlete. And they want me to say that I want him to play baseball. I'm like, no, they try to tee it up for me every time. No. Yeah. I'm going to let him play basketball as long as he want to play basketball. I don't give a fuck with,
3: you know what I'm saying? I don't care. It yeah. is what it is. It's also, you, I mean, you just touch on the enjoyment factor too like ultimately when we all start to play sports we do it because it's fun yeah. you know because we like it if all of a sudden at a very young age it feels like a job it, you know what now right i don't have the same heart and investment and passion in it because i feel like i'm just being manicured for a goal that maybe isn't even mine you Right? Know? Yeah. i mean i do I, I know
1: in the draft thing i remember one of the craziest pre-draft critiques i got and i talked to all the scouts and all the other Josh Rosen was coming out and I was like, he's kind of an arrogant kid. And one of the the coaches said something that really bothered me, but it's interesting with the sports. He said, and you know, he was a tennis player and I'm like, Oh, so you think he's soft? He's like, no, 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 no. He's a tennis player. So it's an individual sport. So he's in his head. So he was a high level tennis player. So I don't know if I want to deal with that. And I'm like, Man, he played tennis. That's a great thing. He's competitive. He's kind of like. But (laughs) But then again, think about what
0: he's been through over the last couple years. Maybe that coach was onto something. Yeah. Oh man, that is with the individual sport, right? Like golf, tennis. There's something about being able to coexist with your teammates on the basketball court, football court, and then and even like just take it a step further, like being on a show like this. Like you have to coexist with your other hosts. There's never been a selfish moment on this show for me, or even yeah. my co host Like I want everybody to shine. Yeah. Like, I'm a ride for these guys. Like even so much so, we had D'Angelo Williams on the show. That's my guy from the uh, teenage Google. It. Po- if you're at
1: home, Google D'Angelo Williams. Good morning football. It's, it's, a, fun <laughs> it's a fun moment. It's a fun moment. Not fun, for everyone, yeah. man. But, but that's my guy. I'm always telling the story. I'm always going to ride for the
0: fraternity. That's the football players. He comes in, and D'Angelo comes in hot. That's what he does for whatever he, reason. He, yeah. comes, he got hot takes. He knows the sport, and he want to make sure he's impactful whenever he's on TV. And he heard us talking casually about Gronk being a Hall of Famer during a commercial break. As soon as he sits down, he's like, you are, you, got, you guys already crowned him. You guys already crowned him in the Hall of Fame. So now we're, we're on the defensive a little bit as a show. But we think it's funny. It's all yeah. an act. And then Peter and Kyle start talking. And then he just starts taking shots. He's so like,
1: I'm, I'm a reporter who didn't play. Kyle, Kyle played at Princeton. So he played at a high level, but he didn't play in the pros. Yeah. I didn't play shit. So he looks and at Peter. Like,
0: he's like, You never played the game. You never played. You're on the sideline. That's not the same I thing. I laugh at it. He laughs at yeah, it. Yeah. Kyle's like, I oh, whatever. I mean, Peter's like, I oh, whatever. And then he's like, What you laughing at, dude? Like, you never played. And I had to jump in. I'm like, Nah, listen. Peter's one of the best insiders. He's been around sport forever. I, I'm
1: also fine with him. Yeah.
0: And I'm like, yeah, Ky- yeah. I'm like, Kyle played at Princeton. Like, he played at a high level. That's collegiate yeah, football. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, Princeton,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but Kyle didn't laugh. And he didn't laugh, and he was like, "He, he so." Kyle re- then comes out. Where'd you play, Memphis? And then it gets like super, like, and then oh, he's that like, was yeah, so it was like happened. awkward. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, it's he's like super J- awkward, and he's bro. like, Jason <laughs> Garrett's the head coach of the of the Dallas Cowboys. He was a Princeton Tigers quarterback. I was a captain at Princeton. You're gonna question my credit, and like, and then Kyle goes deeper, and he's like, "Listen, I,
0: I've been banged up. I've dealt with the same injury you dealt with. I've dealt with concussions like you." And then D'Angelo doesn't quit. He's always he's all in. He's, all like, all he's like, in. He's like uh, concussions at Princeton. What a slip and fall in the shower and I'm like oh, <laughs> oh, damn man, so now i definitely going to Google whoa, this. Whoa. It was crazy <laughs>
1: sister. so now like
0: I'm sitting there and I'm like I'm like look First, I'm sitting back because I know it's good TV. And we're
1: also both, me and Kyle, now, now I'm I'm a little triggered, but Kyle's like defensive. And and yeah. to his credit, whatever, he handled it fine. But yeah. we're looking at Nate, not to save us, but like, hey, Nate. Yeah. Hey, Nate, come on and chime in and get yeah. our back yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, who's yeah. this guy? And, and, I, and I did. And I, tried, yeah. I
0: did and, I, and I had to tell him. I reiterated what Peter has been through, how long he's been around the game. In college football, there's nothing to laugh at, especially being a running back. You should identify with that, D'Angelo. And he's just kind of like, whatever, whatever. And here's the thing about D'Angelo. The segment's over, and he's literally laughing. It's not a big deal. It wasn't personal. It was like, this is going to be great TV. But he was playing the heel. Kyle's steaming, though. Yeah. Kyle was because you're also disrespecting the fact that he put the same amount of work in as you. Yeah. He just didn't make it as far. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I, I also earned a scholarship and, and gave everything I got to this sport. And D'Angelo walks off. He laughs, and everything's cool. He had a good time. But it's and funny, like, though. It's yeah. funny because you, you read the reactions on Twitter, and some people are like, damn, D'Angelo's coming in hot. That's hella disrespectful. And other people are like yo, Nate, Like you should have been had D'Angelo back. Other people are like, yo, Nate, you should have had your people's back. Yeah, yeah. You can't win for losing. But what I understood is, in that moment, I'm not going to sit here and be like the ball player. I'm going to respect the fact that I'm part of this team. Mm. I played on the team of the NFL, so I rock with D'Angelo that way. I never played on his team, or he played on mine. The team I'm on right now is good morning football. So there was no way I could have set out that whole time and not said anything. You know what I'm saying? I had. He he needs to understand that. D'Angelo, I get where you come from. We came from the same place. But you can't disrespect my dudes, though. The greatest yeah.
1: quality that Nate has, and I'm not trying to bloviate on how great Nate Burleson is. You can read any press clipping. You'll get that. But <laughs> <laughs> Nate and I, Nate validates me and Kyle in a way that I can't explain on this show. I'm not saying I'm not a cool guy or I can't, but like – I. Nate laughing at our jokes, Nate yeah. validating my opinion. Like and vice have, versa. But to have the ex-player be there at the table and not just dismiss us as the nerd with the notebook and the pen or the funny guy over there, to actually treat us in our opinions as equal, it goes so far. And I think that's really the the magic of our show and our chemistry as four hosts. And Nate is probably the most important piece in that and because all he has to do is tune us out and disregard our opinions, and then our, the viewer sees that and it's like, oh well, the X player doesn't think that these you guys. You got don't. it. And yeah. That's that. You got so, it. And, and the viewers, we viewers, we
3: pick up on that. Yes. shit Quick. Yeah. Oh, really quick. A hundred percent. It's so true. Like. If you want the show to succeed, you need every single piece of it to be credible. Yeah. And, and what D'Angelo did was, even though he thought it was just for fun or whatever, if I was Kyle, that would have really pissed me off too, because what you're doing is you're undermining my credibility, right? right. Like, I can remember the only time, like, I. See, you've been see, through man. that I, well, I, have you been I, through because because
1: a lot of guys would do the nervous laugh when D'Angelo's doing that yeah. and it's like uh, and then feel like crap the rest of the day Kyle actually stood up for himself before you get to your story yeah. this is the last thing Kyle said Kyle yeah. said our yeah. right, right. last thing is, is <laughs> uh, okay, keep it real I'm, I'm telling keep you What happened keep and Kyle's Kyle like Kyle says yeah, this. Kyle yeah. on air right before the
0: commercial break he's like alright D'Angelo so um, plug your show or whatever you got going on and he's like oh I don't have anything going on he's like exactly we're going to commercial break <laughs> oh, oh,
3: oh, oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh! That's exactly what that we did. Is,
0: that <laughs> that is, is harsh, man. He just got no, real. So man. you win. That is. He won. Oh, man. Was that good. was hard. He won no, shit. Yeah.
4: Oh, my he won
0: God. <laughs> wow. That was a. It was a crazy segment,
3: bro. Man, man. And we he were, dunked were shaking on his face it. at the end. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What, no, what, man. What was like this? I yeah, missed this. this, this we're we're YouTubing it right Yo, after we're done you're here, You're probably man. pitching in a World Series. Sorry you missed that episode. But you know what?
3: To CeCe's credit, the same way you feel about Nate is how I feel about C. Like, it gives me credibility. And it also gives me credibility then in the clubhouse with his teammates and everything, too, to know, like, no, you know, you know, no matter matter what it's like at least there's some level of respect there then but my my radio co-host uh who i loved and and he he uh i i so i hosted for a while with robin lumberg who i still love good friend Stephen a smith was my co-host for yep. two years and then uh and Stephen a and i are still close this day and then dave rothenberg and dave was the one who i probably had the easiest time hosting with like we just vibed on air it was really like we had a great great time i think you were on with us at some yeah, point yeah. yeah he was a great time Time. but at, at, during one show at some point like I made some reference to something like I was some I don't know what it was pop it was, culture it, or it, no it was some like some like team in the 70s who had a nickname or whatever yeah and he it, it was it was helping to emphasize a point I was making and he was on the other side of the argument and he's like name the player like he, he was like yep. name the players he who are it right now name name all the players who are part of it whatever and you know, it was on the spot. We're about to go to commercial. You don't know the purple people I don't, It was like yeah, like, yeah, it was like, right, exactly. Right. It was like, I, I can, I can name, I could name, yeah. you know, three of the five I, I was referring to. I don't right, know away, everybody on a steel purple defense. Yeah. Right, yeah. It, exactly. Yeah. It was like that kind of thing. And he, yeah, you can't. You can't. And as soon as we went to break, like, I flipped what, out what on. him. What is that? I was, like, I was like, bro, that is not cool. Not yeah. like, and I, I was just, you know, I was. Was you gonna fight like, him, Cuz? Yeah. You wasn't catching let me tell you something. you gonna fight him? You've seen, you've seen. I do have an angry side of me. But no, my point to him is immediately like you do that like don't do that like right. immediately now you're discredited. no we're just in arguments entertaining. no it's not no it's not there's a difference between yeah. i have respect for your knowledge and i'm just presenting something in an entertaining way and we're in disagreement versus like i'm trying to diminish your ability to even have an yeah.
0: argument yeah you know what i'm saying one thing to call you out another thing to try to make you look stupid yes yeah. yes and that's exactly yeah. exactly
3: yeah. If you're listening to this show, you're probably a sports fan, and any smart, engaged sports fan should check out our sponsor, The Athletic. See, you're a big fan of The Athletic. Yeah, I love The Athletic. You have the app and everything. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's very impressive. Yeah. So The Athletic is a subscription-based sports news site for real fans, in-depth coverage, and exclusive stories from an all-star team of sports writers, including... National writers like Ken Rosenthal, Jason Stark, and Peter Gammons. The Athletic is setting a new standard for sports news. You know what else I like? They invested in like their writers, their product, and and it's clear that people love the product because the subscribers keep coming. I love
2: I, that. I love the fact that they have writers in every clubhouse. That's something that – I mean, you can't write an article about a team if, if you're not with them yeah. and you don't know the player. So the Athletic does a great job of that.
3: And, Nate, you can customize your app or, or the website – based on what city you're in and Mm -hmm. what teams you like to follow to your point with those writers who are actually in the locker room or clubhouse it's awesome you get full access to all sports teams cities and writers and you can customize and choose the content you care about the athletic is the one-stop shop for passionate sports fans no ads pop-ups or clickbait just great content i I love that part of it too that you don't have to work through any ads Mm -hmm. that's great we've talked about it before on this show we both love the Athletic. Just download The Athletic app, pick your favorite teams, and The Athletic will begin surfacing all the latest on the players and storylines that matter to you. Ready to get started for 40% off a yearly subscription to The Athletic. It's pretty good. That's yeah. like that's a chunky discount that's right there. That's a big there. discount right there. Go to theathletic.com slash R2C2 that's all lowercase. That's theathletic.com slash R2C2 all lowercase for 40% off now. Hey, you guys want to hit a, a couple NFL topics? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah here? All right, I, I know you guys do that every morning. But you is. know, this is fantastic. <laughs> I love like, that. I love like the media perspective too, and the stories. Oh. It's great. All right, so first of all, uh, with. Tom Brady. Do we really believe there's any chance that he doesn't go back to New England? No. no.
0: I mean, Well, yeah. He's going back to New England. I don't yeah, think no, There's, a chance no, there's no
3: chance he leaves. There's right? no chance he leaves. Yeah. Tom
0: Brady will be a New England Patriot. I feel like with all the top talk around Tom Brady being a free agent, I think it's just him taking his time to get back on the field. I said it before and I'll say it again. I love saying it whenever I have a microphone because it gets people riled up. Tom Brady <laughs> is the greatest quarterback of all time, but he's also the greatest system player of all time. When I say system, I don't mean that as disrespectful I just feel like he has survived and thrived in a system for so long that it turned into a benefit they can recall plays from 20 years ago when they're on the Mm -hmm. sideline making an adjustment versus a young rookie who literally has a playbook that's five pages long so that's why I mean by system does Tom Brady want to have to go somewhere and reset the system no he doesn't so he's going to put back on the Patriots
1: uniform and write it out it's gonna be a That's really f- fun deal because I think he might actually meet with some other teams, which to me is just That's such a fascinating. Blowing. Can you imagine him? He's in the Chargers facility or he's in the Titans facility taking a visit? Like I think he'll end up with, with New England in the end. But the mere fact that it's not a foregone conclusion, the mere fact that he isn't already under contract and that he's even hitting free agency Man. is a monster if story. If that happens, wouldn't know. it be paparazzi yes. everywhere? Like, but it's I don't. I don't like
2: I've seen Joe Montana playing a different uniform, Chiefs uniform. Yeah, I've yeah. seen Brett Favre playing a different uniform, and, and both went Literally to the in the same division, and both went to so like it's, it's not, not that it's crazy. Not, it's not that crazy for me to see Tom
3: Brady play somewhere else. What, do we know That's why? True. Like, what is the motivation behind this? Is it just he finally doesn't want to take a he discount and wants, he wants to get paid, he or wants better he, players? He's trying to he hold him accountable players. for the front office. Is that what he's I doing? I spoke or? with him
1: week sixteen. We did the Bills Patriots game. It was me, Tarico, and Kurt Warner. And I spoke with him, and his whole thing was and I've said on the air a bunch. There is a certain standard of excellence, I expect, and with what we were trotting out on the field, not blaming the players, Yeah, I could not reach that this year. Yeah. Meaning you cannot blame Jacoby Myers and Nikhil Harry for not being 10 year veterans they, they're not Antonio Brown they just yeah. got to the league he's like I, I'm just so frustrated by the standard of excellence that it, that I have and we're not even going to come close to it this season so what does that tell me you better go break the bank on every other player that's a free agent this offseason
3: Yeah, yeah. It, it almost reminds me a little like how LeBron operates sometimes where it's like well it's 1000% how right? LeBron operates you can't
1: get complacent with your superstar
2: mm-hmm. I feel like Green Bay did that a bunch of years with Aaron Rodgers where you just like got this great quarterback and hopefully he can win me a Super Bowl right. like he did it one time but put some fucking players over there so he can try like so you have a better chance of you know having a dynasty with this with these
3: type of elite quarterbacks. Yeah, 100%. All right, how about uh the reaction to Jimmy G after the Super Bowl? I have to tell you, I thought it was far too harsh. I, I, I understand that, you know, he threw an ice closed interception. And he, How he, is that and too harsh? Well, you know, Bro, yeah. it's a bad look. He he a bad eyes look but, During the Super Bowl game, uh, he, he threw a pass. He did. It's not ideal. I'm not saying I want other quarterbacks following <laughs> his lead here, but I also feel like he's and I, he didn't make the throw and it's, you know, we talk about NBA make or miss league, right? You know, make or miss in this case. But if he connects on that you know, on on yeah, on but the he throw. did. He threw he didn't, that shit by But if he did, yards. we're talking about he played. a... I mean, he was playing a very like a a, a quality game for the vast majority of it. It's not like. It's not like he was an epic disaster, and we go back and look. Yeah, at the he season was. And he was. When, when you know? it
2: was time for him to just like step up, and make throws, that shit was an epic disaster. He closed his eyes and threw a ball, a ball and then he Emmanuel Sanders is wide open. That's yeah. the game. He overthrew him by 15 fucking yards. He did. That's an epic disaster. But, but now
3: you're gonna all of a sudden question. <laughs> <I don't care. laughs> you're gonna question if That's he's facts. your guy. That's an epic look, disaster. Would that make you question if he's you your said, guy? You See said for me, if it would.
0: if he makes the throw, if yeah. if. If ifs were fifths, we'd all be drunk, bro. Yeah. So like, when it comes to those plays and those moments, and I hate to take it to money, and Peter always says it's all about money, Nate. But if he was a young quarterback on a rookie deal, I'd be like, you know what? He's not necessarily paid to make that play. Mm. Um, he's still on a rookie deal. Like he's a young guy. They paid him a hundred plus million dollars, bro. Make and those for throws. me, and listen, I'm also talking about one of my former quarterbacks, Matt Stafford. If you pay a guy hundred million dollars. That means you're making the decision. You're going to be one of the highest paid, which means we can't give other guys as much money. You're At some point, you're going to have to carry us. At some point, you're going to have to be that guy. You have to make those throws. A hundred plus million dollar quarterback makes that throw to Emmanuel Sanders. Let me say
2: this. Okay, I am gonna do say, I'm, I will say this. He got put in a bad situation, though. All they had to do was just keep handing the ball off or get the ball to Debo but Sanders. But the Chiefs
0: were blitzing and started, and started bringing pressure. Like, you can't run the ball into a blitz. That's true. I feel like Kyle Shanahan at one point was like, damn, I can't run into this blitz. The Chiefs literally caught
1: their blood. Here's the problem: everyone was was bloodthirsty to get at Garoppolo after they won with eight completions in the NFC Championship. So that was the storyline all week yeah. long. Can he make the big play? Is the, make the team play? carrying him? Is he? And then he didn't make it. So of course it's gonna be that. But I'm telling you guys, he goes to into New Orleans. They put up 48 points, and he leads them. And he throws 400 season. yards in the regular season, like they go week 17 into Seattle.
3: Garoppolo was amazing. Wins that game. Regular season strikes. Win. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I know. Regular season. Know. I'm talking about them. Let me ask you this. Does Tom Brady make that throw in the Super Bowl? Well, I mean, has he? he has I he's, he's ever made that in the Super Bowl. He, he, he has. Eli Manning made he, that throw in the Super well, Bowl. Well, like, so here, here's
3: the flip side of that. Okay, I'm, I'm glad Brady's you brought up, Elon, because I was going to say, if you feel this way about Jimmy G., then you better start speaking a lot more praise to Eli Manning because he's on the other side of that. He always made that throw in the biggest. I've moment. always
2: said that uh, Eli Manning turned into Joe Montana those two uh, Super Bowl yeah. runs. He was literally Joe Montana for two Super Bowl runs. Right, but the That's rest of all that, matters. he was Jimmy Grapple. No, no, no,
0: no.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's all that matters. Here's the thing: he we always go back and forth about Eli because yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't need anything else from <laughs> Eli <laughs> other than he was great when and you. Know, needed him, great. If he was a I mean, Raider, yeah. I would take that. If he was a Raider, I'd take that. Two championship Tonight. But, but let me let me ask it from this perspective, okay? Because yeah. yes, if we're just evaluating the performance in that moment, is it a failure? Of course, it is. However, where I felt like I disagreed was it became a projection of failure for his career. Yeah, I don't and, agree with that. And no, I, I don't agree with that. I, either. And I wouldn't. That was just my point. Is like I wouldn't all of a sudden sell all my stock on Jimmy Garoppolo because of that performance. I don't take it necessarily as a precursor of what's to come in yeah. all the playoffs. It's part of to the follow. deal,
1: though, like look, Jared Goff had the worst Super Bowl I can remember with that 13-3 and all offseason it was like Jared Goff is terrible and this year he wasn't good so like it's on Jimmy to not have that be the narrative you have to change it yeah Yeah. one thing we do know he's a winner
0: you look at his record he's a winner the question is because we don't have a sample size of him playing in the playoffs outside of this year can he do it in a Got playoff? to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, he got to a Super Bowl, but he also won a playoff game where he completed games. eight passes. Yeah, and then in that second half of the Super Bowl, the Chiefs, I I, I honestly believe they went to the sideline and were like, look, make let's split blitz him. Let's blitz them and, and put the ball in Jimmy's hands. And Let- he couldn't make it. And it wasn't it wasn't even about the eyes closed. If you just look at the second half, and I'm giving you X's, O's real quick, and we'll move on. He was sailing balls. And you mm. know what uh, sailing balls mean? Uh, CC, you know, you're a thrower, bro. If you're throwing off your back leg, you're falling backwards. That means you're anticipating some type of hit and you're not grounded. Sometimes you got to take a shot to the chin and sit in that pocket. He didn't do that because he was feeling the pressure. And pressure busts pipes, man. And
2: to be honest, when Tom Brady was – was young and, yeah. and won that first Super Bowl. He he probably didn't couldn't make those throws, but he wasn't put in the situation we had to. Yeah. True, you know what I'm saying. He was very Tom much was managing, clock managing the game yeah, and yeah. had a great defense and all of that turned into the greatest quarterback of all time. Right. So
3: I mean, it's, it's I mean so Jimmy, could, talk, he could turn well, it around. Even think about what you've talked about with your own experience in the playoffs and oh, yeah. how much different it felt to you pressure wise early on versus. How you ended up performing later in your yeah, career. Yeah, for in the playoffs, sure. Right? I
2: mean, I always say, I, I mean, 2007, we should have won a World Series if I if I pitched the way I was supposed t- to post pitch. Right. You feel yeah. like you let the team down? 1,000%. Yeah, mm. we, I mean, that team should have won. And if you won hadn't
1: won f- 2009, would you have had that over your head your entire oh, life?
2: My entire, my entire life. Like really? I, I mean, I lost so much sleep in between that last that that playoffs in, 0, in 07 and in, in us winning in 09. I mean, even, even, even to the fact where I pitched great in Milwaukee or whatever, I still lost in, in the playoffs in, in, right. in Milwaukee. I gave up a grand slam in the playoffs in Milwaukee. So it was still like a big question mark. And it was a question
3: mark in my heart and my head, too, mm, for sure. Mm, mm. He was just waiting to get us that championship <laughs> in a pinstripe. That's what was going Got on it. there, man. All right. How about this, uh, real quick, to finish up? How about Giants, Jets, and Raiders projections? Raiders for for this man over here, and Giants and Jets, because you know we we do have a lot of New York listeners. I'm a Giants fan, so I feel like Derek Carr is going to have a decent season. I don't
0: I don't want to say great, and I know that isn't music to CC's ears. But <laughs> when it comes to what he has around him, Josh Jacobs is phenomenal. That rookie doesn't run like a rookie. He's he's going to be a, a guy that we'll keep our eyes on as far as a perennial Pro Bowler. Tyrell Williams brought over from the Chargers a good pickup. Darren Waller got his life together. That dude is a dog. Mm. I feel like they got the pieces, man. The only thing is, is that you're sitting there in the division where Pat Mahomes is basically running the world, yeah, man. and that's the that's only tough, thing, man. It's tough. That and, is hey, tough. And don't sleep on Drew Locke and Cortland Sutton out with the Broncos, mm-hmm. man. There's some young players that we didn't mention this year that are going to make a statement next year. I feel like Drew Locke, Kyler Murray, a lot of these young guys are going to make a statement. So the AFC West, NFC West, Watching watch Watching
2: Drew Locke on the sideline do uh, rap Jeezy Multi-dance on the sideline, I'm Jeezy, like, damn, man. I yeah. want that to be my quarterback. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, man. I, I'm high on the Raiders. I feel like they had a really good rookie class. We talked about it on the show today, but it's not just Josh Jacobs. You also add in uh, Max Crosby, who had 10 sacks as a rookie. And like they're really, really high on what they brought in this year. But... Uh, two first-round picks. I don't think this is the year for the Raiders, but they're going to be exciting in Vegas. I don't know if they're necessarily going to make a Super Bowl run, but I think they will be much better than last year.
2: Are you going to be at every game in Vegas? I'm going to try to be at every one. I want to yeah. be definitely the first preseason game. Um And definitely first home. We home should game. go with CC. All of us. We should do yeah, it. Down. I've never been to a Vegas pool party. So, me, like, I want to hey, go preseason and then go to Vegas pool party like the, uh, the whole oh, weekend. I'm down with you
0: know that. that you I'm not going to win any preseason it. games this year. Let's do it. <laughs> it. Straker
1: know the uh, owner. You know the owner? I know the president of the Raiders. Oh, yeah, so we got dude. the Platinum Packers. That's good.
3: And how about, do you expect? either the Giants or the Jets, to be playoff teams this year? I I, I believe the Giants have a better chance than the Jets. Yeah. Um, you, you like know, Jones? Anchors
0: with, anchors with uh, Saquon. But Jones, think about it. He's going to have uh, Golden Tate healthy and ready to play first game of the year. He was missing four games. Sheldon Shepard had the concussion. He was out for a while. Even Ingram was banged up. So the Giants are going to be good. they got to work on the defense. I, I feel like they're going to get a pass rusher. As far as the Jets, I love Adam GaSe as a play caller. I think he's one of the beautiful minds this league has ever seen, the most beautiful mind this league has ever seen, um, or at least one of them. But my concern is his relationship with the players. Mm. And I hate to take it there, but when you look at the guys that he got rid of in Miami and then even this year with the Jets, just whispers of guys not being comfortable. Jamal Adams is like the coolest dude in the world. He's like the ultimate leader. He's the young guy that gets it. Mm -hmm. And he was disgruntled. I just – I just feel like sometimes his delivery, you know, he gets that bad rap of having a bad delivery with the media, and it, it, he looks aggravated. Um, I feel like sometimes he has that type of relationship with his players, and I'm just speaking from the outside looking in. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on, and I have all the respect in world for Madagascar. Met him, and I immediately I thought to myself, "Damn, I want to play for him. He's fiery." But then something happens every season where one player is just like, "Oh, I don't, I don't know."
2: I'm I, off to us.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I just hope that. He can work on that part of it because that's a big part of it, man, like the social interaction. We just had um, Bashad Breeland on the show, cornerback for the Chiefs, and Schrager asked him about his relationship with Andy Reid, and he went into this whole like he's not a coach. He's a father figure to me, Mm. and let's just call it what it is. This is a hood dude from the south, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Got the twist in his hair, and he's just like, you know what? Andy Reid, this old traditional sixty-year-old guy
1: who went to BYU, you yeah, know, yeah, right, right, right. But right. the
2: biggest thing he said was like, he let me be my seat, let us be ourselves, and, and like that's that's all you asked. And as I'm not an saying athlete. coaches
0: need to be that to players, but how many players that have played for gays have said anything remotely close to that? Yeah, I don't hear it. And you know, to be honest, man, that stuff helps, man. That stuff helps when you see a coach, and it's not just, hey, did you look at the the XY corner route? It's, it's sometimes you just want to walk in the locker room. And the coach is like, hey, yo, Nate. How's your daughter doing, man? I'm like, man, she's cool, man. Everything good. Appreciate you asking, Coach. Like, yeah.
3: Sometimes that part of it is a big part of success. Mm-hmm. I know. I am curious to see how that gaze. Uh relationship developed yeah, with, with I, I like Adam I mean yeah. I've gotten
1: to know him on a personal level and a professional level obviously so maybe I'm biased I just I think that stuff's blown out of proportion I think a lot of that's the New York media mm. making it bigger than it is uh, I, I think the Le'Veon Bell stuff this year that was falsely blown out of proportion I don't think he was had anything issues with Le'Veon during the season Peter but listen Le'Veon Bell issues blown out of proportion Jamal Adams issues blown out of proportion I know well there's smoke there's fire I know where
4: there's smoke this
1: fire <laughs> your own words hey the truth of the matter is the, look, Damian Williams was with Adam Gase in Miami. Uh Ryan Tannehill was with Adam Gase in, in Miami. Miami. Jarvis Land Jarvis, yeah. Landry, yeah. Landry, yeah. Landry. Play Jarvis Landry. <laughs> yeah. With
4: Jarvis Landry
1: yeah. yeah. So I get it. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I, I think the Jets are going to be better. It's really about, and it's not as sexy a name as maybe Leviant Bell or Sam Dunn, but it's really about Joe Douglas, the GM, who they hired, who hasn't had an offseason yet.
4: Yeah, So true,
1: everyone true. really respects him, and I think they're going to build, like it's not going to be a flashy offseason for the Jets. Last year was the flashy offseason with Mosley and Bell. It's going to be offensive line and defensive line, and I think the Jets are going to be better. And then I think the Giants... I don't know Joe Judge that well, so we'll see. It's about a new coach, 38-year-old coach who doesn't have a long track record in the NFL. We'll see how that goes. Guys, I like
3: both quarterbacks, You though. do? So do I. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I... I, I Jones look good to me. This like, it's I good Darnold. for New York,
1: though, yeah, right? Like, we need, we need something. Yeah. We had a winner. They've a been long irrelevant. Time, both teams are relevant yeah. for a while.
3: Hey, our Brooklyn Nets are coming, though, Peter. That's my team. <laughs> that's right. We're both rocking our Kyrie Sixes, too, I see. I'm you in, know? Bro. Very I'm nice. In. Look at us, we're both rocking the Jays. Yeah, you know what? Peter and I will get there someday. Ryan and I are more Joe Harris guys. exactly. That's right. That's my dude right there. Guys, thank you so much for taking all this time. Of course. I think you get to, uh, Uh, now not wake up at 4 a.m one more day one more day day. all right one more day at 4 a.m wake up bro and remember review rate listen subscribe new episodes every thursday thanks to peter schrager nate burleson peace